Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. We are on chapter four of book the 10th, The Slippery Slope. Okay. Oh. Chapter four, chapter four, chapter four, chapter four. Okay, what is that from? Look away. Look away, look away. Okay, if you guys watch the show... Yeah, now a series of unfortunate event shows. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Dude ski. Any, any stable person, so I watch and they will say. Chapter four. Hey, chapter look. four. Really? Yeah. Any, any stable person, so I watch and they will say, look away. Chapter look away. four. Are you kidding me? <laughs> well, we're on chapter four. Okay, let's do this. High five me. You can high-five me with your head. No. Okay. That, I don't want to... That's like... You're making me, like, slap you in the face. No. And by the way, I'm holding my hand still, and she's moving her <laughs> forehead. I'm too lazy to move. Okay. Can we please high-five instead of me... No, that's weird. It feels like... <laughs> it feels like, um... You're slapping me? What's the word? Um, child abuse. It feels like child abuse. Okay. It's not because I'm happy. Okay. Chapter four. That night was a That night was a dark day. That night was a dark day. All right. Of course, all nights are dark days because night is simply a badly lit version of day due to the fact that the Earth travels around and the sun, the sun reminding everyone that it is time to get out of bed and start the day with a cup of coffee and a secret message folded up into a piece of paper airplane that could sail. Out over the barred windows of a ranger station. I couldn't even get through one sentence. Well, two sentences without yawning. There it is. But in this case, the phrase, a dark day, means a sad time in history of the Baudelaire children, VFD, and all kind of brave, brave, well-read people in the world. But Violet and Klaus Baudelaire, of course, had no idea of the catastrophic occurrence high above them in the Valley of Four Drafts. They knew that they knew wait all they knew was that they were hearing a voice they had never that that they had hoped hoped that they would never hear again go away cake sniffers the voice said this is a private cave what is she doing there snow scout oh who are you talking to carmelita asked another voice the voice was much louder and sounded like it belonged to a grown man. I can see two shadows in the entrance of the cave, Uncle Bruce said the first voice, and to me they look like cake sniffers. The back of the cave echoed with giggling, and Violet and Klaus looked to one another in dismay. The familiar voice belonged to Carmelita Spatz, a nasty little girl whom the Baudelaire's had encountered at Prufrock Preparatory School, and Carmelita had, had taken an instant. Yes? Yeah, they got fed. Okay. 
Carmelita had taken an instant dislike to the three siblings, calling them unpleasant names and generally making life miserable at the academy. If you have ever been a student when you know that there is usually such person at every school and that once you have graduated, you hope you'll never see them again, the two elder Baudelaire's had enough troubles in Mortmain Mountain without running into the unpleasant person and at the sound of her very voice, they almost turned around and took their chances once more with the snow gnats swarming outside. Two shadows? Asked the, vo- asked the second voice. Identify yourself, please. We're mountain travelers, Violet called from the entrance. We've lost our way and ran into a swarm of snow gnats. Please let us rest for a moment while the smell of smoke, scare- the smell of smoke scares them away, and then we'll be on our way. Absolutely not, replied Carmelita, who sounded even nastier than usual. This is where the snow scouts are camping, on their way to celebrate false spring and, cr- and crown me queen. We don't want any cake sniffers spoiling our fun. Now, now, Carmelita, said the voice of a grown man. Snow scouts are supposed to be accommodating, remember? It's part of the Snow Scout Alphabet Pledge, and it would be very accommodating for us to host these strangers, the strangers, the shelter of the cave. I don't want to be accommodating, Carmelita said. I'm a false spring queen, so I do whatever I want. You're not the false spring queen yet, Carmelita, came the patient voice of a young boy. Not until we dance around the spring pole. Do come in, travelers, and sit by the fire. We're happy to accommodate you, said the, ki- said the spirit kid and the voice of the grown man. Come on, snowy scouts, let's all say snowy scout alphabet pledge together. Instantly, the cave echoed with the sound of many voices in perfect unison, a phrase here which means reciting a very odd word at the same time. Odd words at the same time. The scouts recited, Snow scouts are accommodating, basic, calm, darling, emblematic, frisky, grinning, human, innocent, jumping, kept, limited, meek, Nap-loving, official, pretty, quarantined, recent, scheduled, tidy, understandable, victorious, wholesome, xylophone, young and zippered. Yeah, xylophone. Young and zippered. Every morning, every afternoon, every night, and all day long. Okay, that is a very weird. Um, that is weird. Okay. The poo, the poo. Oh man, here we go again. The two Baudelaire's looked at one another in confusion. Like many pledges, the Snow Scout alphabet had not made much sense, and the Violet and Violet and Klaus tried to manage how how a scout could be calm and meek at the same time as being frisky and jumping, or how all these children could be avoid being young or human if they wanted to. They couldn't figure out why the pledge suggested being all of these things every morning and every afternoon, and every night, and then added all day long, or why the word xylophone appeared in the pledge at all. That's what I thought, too. But they did not have much time to wonder, because when the pledge was over, the snow scouts took a big breath and made a long, airy sound as if they were imitating the wind outside. It seemed more strange. This is my this is my favorite part, said the voice of the grown man. Then... When the sound faded away, there's nothing like the ending of a Snow Scout alphabet pledge with a, with a snowy sound. Now, approach, traveler, so we can get a look at you. Let's keep the coat over our faces, Klaus whispered to his sister. Carmelita might not recognize us. Or might recognize us. Oh, she doesn't even know it's them? Oh, I thought she was saying that because it was the Baudelaire's. Okay. And the other scouts did probably... 
and the other scouts have probably seen the picture our picture in the daily punctilio violet said and ducked her head underneath the coat the daily punctilio was a newspaper that had published a story blaming the three baudelaires for jacques snicket's murder and they said he was count omar mm-hmm. the story was utter nonsense of course but it seemed that everyone in the world had believed it and it was and it was searching for the Baudelaire's to put them in jail. As the two siblings walked towards the voices of the snow scouts, however, they realized that they weren't the only ones concealing their faces. The back of the cave was a large circular room with very high ceilings and craggy walls of rocks that flickered orange light from the flames. Seated in a circle around the fire were 15 or 20 people looking at the two Baudelaire's. Through the fabric of the coat, the children could see that one person was much taller than the other. And that was probably Bruce. And he and he was wearing an ugly plaid coat and holding a large cigar. The opposite side of the circle was someone wearing a thick wool sweater and several large pockets. And the rest of the snow scouts were wearing bright white uniforms with enormous zippers down the front and emblems of snowflakes in all different sizes and shapes along along the long puffy sleeves. Oh, along the long puffy sleeves. On the back of the uniforms, the Baudelaire's could see the word Snow Scout Alphabet Pledge printed in large pink letters. And on the top of the head were white headbands with tiny plastic snowflakes sticking out of the top in all directions with the word Burr, written in icy script. Violet and Klaus weren't looking at the plastic flurries on the Snow Scout's heads or accommodating basic, calm, darling, emboletic, frisky, grinning, human, innocent, jumping, kept limited meek nap loving official pretty quarantined recent scheduled tidy understandable victorious wholesome xylophone young and zippered uniforms that most everyone was wearing they were looking at dark round masks that were covering the scouts faces the masks were covered with covered in tiny holes much like the mask worn in fencing and oh and some people who sword fight rather for fun rather than honor and brother for honor in order to rescue a winter a rescue a rider who has been taped to the wall but the flickering light in the cave and the Baudelaire's could not see the holes and it looked like the faces of Bruce and the snow scouts had vanished leaving a dark empty hole above their neck you cake snivers look ridiculous said the scouts um, said one of the scouts, and the Baudelaire's knew at once which masked figure was Carmelita Spatz. Your faces are all covered up. We're meek, said Violet, thinking quickly. In fact, we're so meek that we could hardly show our faces. Then you just, then you'll just fit in fine, said Bruce beyond his mask. The name's Bruce, but you can call me Uncle Bruce, although I'm certain I'm not your real uncle. Welcome to the Snow Scouts Travelers, where we are all meek. In fact, we are accommodating basic calm. The other snow scouts all joined in in the pledge, and the two older Baudelaire's stood through another rendition of the absurd list. While people, oh, why the scouts in their sweaters stood up and stepped toward them. We have some spare masks over there, he, he murmured quietly and gestured toward a, toward a large pile of equipment stacked beside a very long wooden pole. They kept the snow gnats away when you go back outside. Uh, they'll keep the snow snow gnats away when you go back outside help yourself thank you violet replied as the scouts promised to 
be kept in limited and meek. She and her brothers quickly grabbed the mask and put them underneath the coat so that by the time the scouts vowed to be xylophone, young and zippered as they look as faceless as everyone else in the cave. That was fun, kid, said Bruce as the snowy face as the snowy sound faded and the pledge was over. Now, why don't you join the Snowy Scouts? We're in an organization for young people who have fun and learn new things. Right now, we're on a scout hike and we're going to hike all the way up to Mount Frott in order to celebrate late spring. Oh, false spring. What's false spring? Violet asked, sitting down between her brother and the sweatered scout. Anybody who's not a cake sniffer knows what false spring is, Carmelita said in a scornful voice. It's when the weather gets unusually warm before it gets cold again. We celebrate it with a fancy dance and where we spin around and around the, the spring pole. She pointed to the wooden pole and the Baudelaire's noticed that the snow scouts all, all wore bright white mittens, each embolized with an S. When this when the dance dance is over, we chose the best snow scout and crown her the false spring queen. This time it's me. In fact, it's always me. That's because Uncle Bruce is your real uncle, said one of the other snow scouts. No, it's not, Carmelita said. It's because I'm the most accommodating, basic, calm, darling, emboletic, frisky, grinning, human, innocent, jumping, kept, limited, meek, nap-living, official, pretty, quarantine, recent, scheduled, tidy, understandable, victorious, wholesome, xylophone, young, and zippered. How can you be, how can anybody be xylophone? Klaus asked. Klaus couldn't help asking. Xylophone isn't even an adjective. Uncle Bruce didn't think of another word that, couldn't think of another word that began with X. So, explained the sweatered scout now in a tone of voice indicating that he wasn't very good, it wasn't very good excuse. How about Xenial, Klaus suggested. It's a word that means, you can't change the word of a snow scout alphabet pledge, Bruce interrupted, moving his cigar towards his face, where, as if he were trying to get smoke through the mask. The whole point of the snow scout is to do, is that you do the same thing over and over. We celebrate false spring over and over. On Mount Frott, at the source of the stricken stream, my my niece Carmelita Spatz is false spring queen over and over and over and over we stop here in this cave for the snowy scout story time I read that the caves in Mortmain Mountain contain hibernating animals Klaus said are you sure it's safe to stop here the snow scouts who are wearing sweaters instead of uniform turned their head quickly to the Baudelaire's as if he was going to speak but Bruce answered first it's safe now, kid, he said. Years ago, apparently, these mountains were crawling with bears. The bears were so intelligent that they were trained as soldiers, but they disappeared and no one knows why. Not bears, the scout in the sweater said so quietly that the two Baudelaire's had leaned in to hear him. Lions lived in these caves, and they weren't soldiers. The lions were detect detective, volunteer feline detectives. <gasps> were those the lions that... They did they kidnap those lions and put them in the carnival? Maybe. He turned so his mask was facing the other two siblings, and the children knew he must be staring at them through the holes. Volunteer feline detectives, he said again, and the Baudelaire's almost gasped. Did you see? Violet said at the at the sweatered scout, as he shook his head as if it was not safe to talk. Violet looked at her brother and then at the scout, wishing that she could see both of their faces in the mask. The initials of Volunteer Feline Detectives, of course, spelled V 
BFD, the name of the organization that they were looking for. But these initials, but were these initials a coincidence as they had seemed so many times? Or was this mysterious scout giving them some sort of signal? I don't know what you kids are muttering about, Bruce said, but stop this instant. It's not time for conversation. It's Snowy Scout story time. And when Snowy Scout story tells us, Snowy Scouts tells a story to other Snowy Scouts. Then we will eat marshmallows until we feel sick and go to sleep on a heap of blankets, just like we do every year. Why don't our new Scouts tell the first story? Oh, I should tell the first story, whined Carmelita. After all, I'm the false spring queen. Um, but I'm sure the travelers will have wonderful stories to tell, the sweet scout, the sweatered scout said. I'd love to hear a very fascinating drama. Klaus saw his sister raise her hand in her head to smile. He knew that Violet had instinctively begun to tie her hair up in a ribbon to help her think, but it was impossible to do so with a mask on. Both the Baudelaire's Baudelaire minds were racing to figure out ways to communicate this mysterious scout. And the children were so were lost were so lost in thought that they scarcely heard Carmelita Spatz insulting them. Stop sitting around, cake sniffers, Carmelita said. If you're gonna get if you're gonna tell us a story, get started. I'm sorry for the delay, Violet said, as her words careful choosing her words as carefully as she could. We haven't had a very fun day. So it's very difficult to think of a good story. I didn't realize if it was a sad occasion, the sweater scout said. Oh, yes, Klaus said. We had nothing to eat all day except some vinegar-flavored donuts. Ew, vinegar-flavored donuts? They just looked it up. Oh. And then there were the snow gnats, Violet said. They behaved like violent, frozen dragonflies. Well, when when they when they form an arrow, Klaus said, they're old. They're more, they're more, oh my gosh, they're more like a voracious, fierce dragon or a vain, fat dictator, I imagine, the scout in the sweater said and gave Baudelaire mask a nod as if he received their message. This is the most boring story I've ever heard, Carmelita Spat said. Uncle Bruce, tell these two that they have, that they're both cake sniffers. Well, it wouldn't be very accommodating to say so, Bruce said, but I must admit the story you were telling was a little dull, kids. When the snow scouts tell stories, they skip everything boring and only tell the interesting parts. That way, the story can be as accommodating, basic, calm, darling, emblematic, frisky, grinning, human, innocent, jumping, kept, limited, meek, nap-loving, official, pretty, quarantine, recent, scheduled, tidy, understandable, victorious, wholesome, xylophone, young, and zippered as possible. I'll show these cake sniffers how to show, tell an interesting story, Carmelita said. Once upon a time, I woke up and looked in the mirror where I saw the prettiest, smartest, most darling girl in the whole world. I put on a lovely pink dress to make myself look even prettier, and then I skipped off to school where my teacher told me that I looked more adorable than anyone that she'd ever seen in her entire life, and she gave me a lollipop as a special present. At this point, I will take a page from this from someone's book, a phrase here which means... Adopt a new idea by somebody else. For if, for instance, a man told you that the best way to write a thank you note is to reward yourself with a cookie every time you finish one, you might take a page from this book and have some plate of cookies nearby for your birthday. Or if some other gift-giving occasion, if a girl tells you that the best way to sneak out of the house out of the house late at night is to make sure everyone else is asleep, you might take a page from her book and mix a sleeping potion into everyone else's 
after dinner coffee before climbing down that ivy that grows inside your bedroom window. And if you've been reading this miserable story, then next time you find yourself in a similar situation, you might take a page from the slippery slope and use a combination of sticky substances and draw a chute to slow a racing caravan and then retrieve several articles of heavy clothing in order to protect yourself from the cold and find a cave full of snow scouts gathered around a fire where the snow gnats begin to swarm. But I will be taking a page from Bruce's book when it's suggested that he tell a story that a storyteller only tell the interesting parts of the story and skip everything boring. Certainly, the two elder Baudelaire's wished that they could skip this boring part of the story as they were very eager to leave the cave and resume their search for their sister. But Violet and Klaus knew that they shouldn't leave the cave until they talked to the mysterious boy in the sweater. And they couldn't talk to the mysterious boy in the sweater in front of Bruce or the other snow scouts. And so they sat by the fire as Carmelita Spatz talked on about how pretty and smart and darling she was and how everyone she met told her that she was unbelievably adorable. Although the Baudelaire's had to sit through the tedious portions of their story, there was no reason for you to do so, and so I will skip ahead, past the tiresome details of Carmelita's endless stories and the senseless, senseless pledge that Bruce made everyone say several more times, and all the marshmallow meals that the scouts shared with the two siblings. I will skip how irksome it was for Violet and Klaus to turn away from the scouts quickly lift their masks and pop a marshmallow into their mouth before covering their faces again so they would not be recognized. After their long, tiring journey, the children would have preferred a more substantial upper supper, oh sorry, a more substantial supper and less complicated way of eating it, but the siblings could not skip these parts of the story. So they had to wait for the evening to pass for all of the other snow scouts to feel sick and arrange blankets into a large heap beside the string pole. Even though, even when Bruce led the snow scouts in one more alphabet pledge as a way of saying goodnight, Violet and Klaus dared not get up and talk to the sweatered scout for the fear of being overheard, and they had to wait for hours and hours, too curious and anxious to sleep as they as the fire died down and the cave echoed with the sounds of snow snoring. But it will take from this page of the book of the snow scout leader and skip ahead to the next interesting thing that happened, which was very, very late at night. And when so many interesting parts of the stories happen and so many people miss them because they're asleep in beds or hiding in, in bed or hiding in the broom closet of a mustard factory disguised as a dustpan to fool the neighbor's watchman, it was a very late night. In fact, one might say that the darkest part is the day. And it was so late that the Baudelaire's had almost given up on staying awake particularly after such an exhausting day, but the two siblings were falling asleep and they felt a hand touch them on the shoulder and they quickly sat up to found them, find themselves looking into the mask of the sweatered scout. Come with me, Baudelaire's, the boy said very quickly. I know a shortcut to the headquarters and this was the interesting part of the story indeed. Oh my gosh, it's a quagmire triplet, right? Is it? No? Yes, no, maybe so. She's psyching me out. How does she do this to me? All right. Maybe it is, maybe it's not. Oh my gosh, you're so good at keeping secrets. 